so what do you write in your journal? Recently I had a friend ask, what are you journaling about all the time and how do you get it done? I wish I could journal some more. This is a great question. If you journal a little or you'd like to get started, by the end of this video I'll have three techniques that I can share with you that will help you journal throughout the day and journal every day. Hi, I'm Scott. I founded penandjournal.com. I help people use journaling to increase their focus, their productivity, and their mindfulness. And today, I'm going to talk about what do you write in a journal. But before we get started with what you write, let's talk about why you write in a journal. Most of the time, from what I've seen, is that people write in journals because of an assignment of some sort. Their coach, or their counselor, or a class that they're taking, and they're writing in a journal because it's literally an assignment. You have to journal in this class, or you have to journal in this counseling session. And it's a good reason to journal. But from what I can tell is that when the season ends, or the class ends, or the counseling session ends, so does the journaling. And I believe that that's because journaling doesn't come naturally to everyone. Yes, there are some people, and I know that you know them as well as me, I know them, that they have journals from when they were in third grade, and they've written consistently their entire life. Some people, it just works. Most people, though, it's not a natural thing. I believe it's because it's kind of a slow process, and it's something that slows you down. And we like to move fast. We like to take shortcuts. It's a problem with mindfulness, always taking shortcuts. And what ends up happening is that journaling stretches out that time so until journaling becomes natural for you, and I really do believe that it will become natural for you, I have three things that will trigger you to remember to journal. And then once you get into the groove of journaling, you will find that these things just blend naturally into your routine. By the way, I have links in the description for all of the times that I say research shows. There's an article in the description, a link. Go check it out. It has all of the research that I love to read all the time. I really enjoy learning things about how simple journaling is and how impactful it is in your life. And while you're there in the description, check out an Instagram link, Facebook group link, and my website link. There's a free journaling schedule that you can download. Now let's get started. One, writing before a big event. So research has shown that students that write about the stress of the event, the stress of the presentation or the test, and how they feel actually perform better at a test or a presentation. So for you, before a job interview, before a new a big event, before your wedding, you know, write, you know, journal about what's going on and the stress that you're feeling and you will actually perform better if you didn't write. Number two, writing after a negative experience. Again, the research shows that people that have experienced a negative experience and they write out their feelings what ends up happening is that they brain dump those negative experiences onto the page. And when that happens, it frees up working memory. And what is working memory? It's the stuff that you can hold in your head. It's almost like our brains weren't meant to just hold negative experiences all pent up in your brain. So you get those down on paper, you write them out, and suddenly you're able to process more, you're able to hold things more in your brain. It, it just is a better you. And third is to bookend your day. What I mean by that is a morning writing session and an evening writing session, or morning and bedtime, whatever you want to call it. What we found in the research, or what I found in the research, is that when you write before bed gratitude statements, 
you sleep better and you wake up fresher in the morning. There's something about us uh, that when you write, I am grateful for, and then you just start writing all the things that you're grateful for, it's like ancient magic. It literally, the more I learn about gratitude statements, the more impressed I am. There's an, an enormous amount of study on just writing gratitude statements. Uh, Eastern religions, Christianity, there's all sorts of uh, you know, historical evidence that gratitude statements just are really amazing for you. So take advantage of that. Before you go to bed, you'll get a better night's sleep. The other side of the book in is in the morning. Now, there's a lot of you know, a lot of writing and a lot of strategy for morning writing. Morning pages is one of them. I totally agree that stream of consciousness writing is really good. It's like nitro on your brain uh, to get you going. That's, that's all good. I don't feel like writing, you know, a large volume of, of writing is necessary. I do it by using a timer. So I believe that you could write 15 minutes of stream of consciousness. And I do like to blend in two other things. Stream of consciousness, I like to write about the goals that I'm working on and kind of doing a retrospective, a little retrospective of how things are going and what I can do today to move that goal a little further. And then thirdly, I pick out a mindfulness prompt from the large list of mindfulness prompts out there and I write about that. And it pretty much centers me, keeps me, helps me remember that mindfulness is important and it starts off my day. So I don't spend a ton of time, maybe 25 to 35 minutes, so I use a timer, so it might be 15, 10, 10, or something like that. Uh, stream of consciousness, goal review, and mindfulness prompts. Okay, so those are the three things. So let's do a quick recap. You write before a big event, after a negative experience, and then you bookend your day. So in those three different ways of writing, you could probably write every single day and really benefit from it. All right, that's it for now. I upload videos every Tuesday and Friday, so please subscribe, like, push the like button so that I can uh, get some encouragement from that. Okay, that's it for now. See you next time. Hey guys, Tim Ferriss here. Wanted to talk about note-taking. I have what you might call hypergraphia, which means I write all the time. So I have hundreds of notebooks. So I feel like I'm in a pretty good position to talk about what the hell to do with lots of notes. You need a systematic way of filtering the best stuff to the top of your attention, at least in some fashion. So I'll show you a few ways that I do that. It's pretty straightforward, but the key to all of it is multiple passes. For almost all types of note-taking, and I'll describe a few different types of note-taking that I do regularly, the key is multiple passes and constantly asking in effect, what did I think was important or cool that isn't that important or cool? And then only selecting the absolute and distilling the absolute best. So let's take a look at something really small. Right? This is the type of notebook that I would put in a pocket, a back pocket. And this is from an event. It was actually a very good event, which was a Vanity Fair event in San Francisco many years ago. I want to say around 2013. And I'll show you. Uh, one of the exercises that I like to do when I'm feeling overwhelmed or feeling like I need a reset, which I do certainly around New Year's and there are certain seasonal times when I like to reflect. So I made a list and uh, the, the top is very simple. Craziest things I could do or eliminate or elim in parentheses. So I wrote this very quickly, and uh, part of the point of the exercise was to write quickly and come up with all of the craziest things I could do 
that might alleviate stress. Now, shut down blog was one. The next one, because this is on multiple passes, stop all social media, schedule for three months, question mark, sell all homes, stop using money, stop eating for 30 days, cut off feet, turned out not to be something I wanted to do. So I didn't cut off my feet, give away all money, buy one house with all money, live penniless for one year, volunteer in a retirement home. Okay, so the, the volunteer and retirement home requires a whole lot of explanation, but I thought that it would be invigorating and karmically wonderful to do that, particularly with uh, ideally a dog like my current dog, Molly. Nonetheless, I did not cut off my feet. I did not stop eating for 30 days, although I later did multiple 10-day fasts. The point of this whole list is to come up with lots of crazy ideas. They can be bad, they should be absurd, they should seem absurd, and then perhaps out of all those terrible ideas, you'll find one that will productively stretch your mind enough that you find a solution you would have considered otherwise. And in this case, stop all social media, schedule it out for three months, was the one of the, the entire list, and the list goes on, that I ended up choosing, and it completely changed how I related to using social media. And now that is a regular component of taking off-grid time to recharge and scheduling things in advance using many different tools, whether that's Buffer, Edgar, or Zapier, like Happier, not Zapier. I used to say that for automating a lot of this is also very helpful from, say, Instagram to other platforms and so on. In any case, that is one example of note-taking and then reviewing. So the boxing and circling was a second pass, say a week later after the event. Then the highlighting was yet another pass, say a quarter later. I don't know the exact timing on this because I did act on it quite quickly. But there is a schedule for reviewing. So you're not just spewing onto the page and then forgetting it, with the exception of the next thing that I'm gonna show you. So this is the expedient in the pocket brainstorm type of notebook. And I'll, I'll show you one more. I'm gonna cover it up a little bit just to protect names. You can see here, I've got Vanity Fair event. I have a couple of names at the top that were interesting to me. Uh, Graydon Walter Isaacson, who I much later ended up interviewing on the podcast, who's a brilliant guy, incredible writer, and then a bunch of quotes. So playing the ratings game prevents you from taking risks. That's Ted Sarandos, Netflix. Seinfeld took four years to find an audience. Mad Men was turned down 66 times by buyers. I highlighted these they made three passes because I felt like these were incredibly inspiring reminders that overnight successes rarely are overnight successes. And in the bottom right, uh, it is action steps that I've listed. And I create these boxes in the bottom right-hand corner. I'm right-handed, might be easier on the left for lefties, I don't know. But I create a box in the bottom right-hand corner of all these pages so that I can put down potential action steps. The other thing that I'll do is I will number these pages, and a lot of this I can't show you guys, So, uh, but suffice to say, if you see that, you see page 39, it's kind of hard to see, but I will number the right-hand pages. So one, two, three, four, five, and then I create an index later, which I probably can't show you either because there's too much top secret stuff, but I'll create an index in the beginning of a notebook much like the index that I would use in books that I'm reading so that I can find highlights later. And 
you might ask, well, what about the pages that don't have numbers? That's easy, that's 0.5, all right? So if the number on the right-hand side is, say, page two, if I flip it over on the back of that page in the index, it would just be 2.5. So that's how I keep track of something like this. The, the next type of writing that I'll describe is morning pages. And uh, I'm not gonna show you this page. Morning Pages, popularized by Julia Cameron, introduced to me by a fantastic writer and friend, Brian Koppelman, of Rounders fame, the illusionist, co-creator of Billions, really fantastic guy, uh, who's given me a lot of feedback uh, on my writing, helpful feedback on my writing, introduced me to Morning Pages as a superpower of sorts for many of his high-achieving creative friends who are professional writers, producers, etc. And the purpose of morning pages is not to write down a bunch of stuff that you will then vet 17 times. The purpose of morning pages is very different. As Julia Cameron, who wrote The Artist's Way, might put it, they are acting these pages as spiritual windshield wipers. So you're taking the anxiety that you might feel, the distraction, your monkey mind, and trapping it on paper so that you can get on with your day. And sometimes there are gems that pop out, but very often it's really taking a nebulous fear or a nebulous discomfort or fidgetiness, whatever it might be, and putting it on paper first thing in the morning, hence the name Morning Pages. She recommends three longhand pages. And I'll just give you an example. So this is from July of last year. And uh, I'll put the location and so on. Uh, and there is a Morning Pages workbook that I really like, but I just, I just did it in a notebook I happen to have. Here's what I said. I'm worried and anxious about the notebook. The irony, why? Well, I have four to six weeks, maybe a bit more based on the agreement. What's the worst that can happen, really? And then I made a bunch of bullets. Spend the summer working on it and dot, 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 I have to push the deadline. H hyphen, fine. Cancel the book and return the advance. Fine. I could still put it on the blog. Next bullet, make it super short and only great stuff, meaning only include great stuff. Say it straight, then say it great. That means getting the facts down, almost like a uh, computer or like an iPad instruction manual, and then trying to improve the prose and say it more cleverly, put it more cleanly later. Next, I'm feeling uncertain about what to do next or first each day. And then a bunch of bullets, just get it all in one or fewer places. So gathering from notebooks, from digital, from Evernote, all into one place. Order the main chapters. Write an intro and conclusion, question mark. Remember the humor can include ridiculous stories such as A, B, C, D, and E, et cetera. You can see and you can hear this is not good writing. And it's not intended to be good writing. It's intended to be brain vomit. <laughs> and that's the whole point. So morning pages I found incredibly helpful for stress reduction, not principally for insight or structured thinking. It is unstructured trapping of your neuroses and anxieties in the amber that is the written page. So those are morning pages. And last but not least, we got this guy, Five Minute Journal. And I will actually read an example uh, because the format is very straightforward and I can show you what it looks like. This is what the, this is what the format looks like. And I'll get you a quote. Right, so let's find a good quote. All right, so here we go. So here's the basic format. You got the date at the top of the page. You got a quote, sometimes good, sometimes not, doesn't really matter, but some of them are fantastic. Then 
the prompts. So for the AM, doing this, say, in the morning, I am grateful for one, two, three. What would make today great? One, two, three. Daily affirmations, I am blank, blank. Then after your day is complete, say, before dinner, before bed, three amazing things that happened today, one, two, three. How could I have made today better? One, two. Now, this might seem simplistic. It might seem hokey. But it is, first and foremost, simple. And complexity fails. If I've learned anything, that is certainly one of the things that I've learned. And I've used the five-minute journal for years in different capacities. And uh, I am trying to find one that I can share with you. But I'll give, I'll give you an example. Uh, and there are many, many, many that I could pull out. All right, so I'm, I'm going to read... And there are some guidelines that I've been given. And for many of these, I put prompts at the top that I want to remind myself of. Uh, so one of the prompts that I've used is state story strategy. And there are arrows that point to these. That is a heuristic bar from Tony Robbins, meaning you want to improve your physical state, your energy level, your state of arousal, so to speak by doing a cold plunge, doing some jumping rope, whatever, before you create your story, which will be enabling or disabling or somewhere in between, and before you then create your strategy for achieving a goal or problem solving. Because if you're in a depressed state, and this is something I've struggled with, you're gonna create a disabling or a victim-based story, and then your strategy is really gonna be very narrow. It's, it's not going to be particularly oblique or useful in an unusual way. If you have a heightened state, and then you can translate that into an enabling optimistic story, your strategy will be better. So I, I wrote that at the top of many of these particular entries, blank entries, before then getting to them. In any case, so first morning back, Montreal was the day before. This is in 2017. I'm smiling at a friend of mine from Montreal. I am grateful for, and again, this might seem cheesy, but for me, if I use certain types of note-taking for digesting information or brainstorming, finding insight, that is one type of note-taking. I use morning pages for reducing nebulous anxiety or worry. And I use the five-minute journal for focus, improving focus and execution. And appreciation, which you'll see. So I'm grateful for it. Number one, bird song outside, beautiful. Number two, fireflies and stars last night. Number three, Great, great sauna times two before bed and rain outside to lull to sleep. So I will write down any number of things. What has been a practice for me is choosing simple, basic things. In other words, you could say my family, my loving family, and that's great, but that is a big item. And I have tried to cultivate an appreciation of the smaller things, which could be this notebook, the convenience of this notebook, and the quality of the leather. It could be one of my favorite coffee mugs, which is this yellow coffee mug, which has made many appearances in my five-minute journal. And that trains you, I think, to notice the little things, which ultimately translates to, uh, of course, noticing the big things, but not vice versa. All right, what would make today great? This was in 2017. Create B.O.B. forms. All right, so B.O.B. later became T.O.T., which was Tools of Titans. I believe that was B.O.B. Is that B.O.B.? Might have been. I think so. 
think it was I think it was Tools of Titans. It might have been Tribe of Mentors, but I think it was Tools of Titans. If we're looking at the dates, uh, look at TFS answers. Shep onward that refers to Shep Gordon. So this is the second bullet. Uh, also TOT spreadsheet. All right, so that's uh, Amanda Palmer. I created and my team helped me create different forms and spreadsheets for digesting the hundreds of hours of audio and transcripts that we have from the Tim Ferriss Show podcast. All right, so create BOB forms, look at TFS answers, and then number three was email 20 new people to test the form. And these would be forms that are either Google Forms or Wufu Forms or something like that. That's it. What would make today great? That is it. Uh, I'm very prone to overestimating what I can do in a day and underestimating what I can do, say, in a year. And the benefit of the five-minute journal with very little space and very few bulleted options is that you really need to be concise. You need to be succinct. And that helps me to overcome some of my lesser tendencies. Uh, next, daily affirmations. I am forever forward. M dash. No hurry, no pause. No hurry, no pause is an expression that was taught to me by a friend, former uh, Navy SEAL, and also quite common in uh, Buddhist circles that I became very fond of, and I think that made it into Tools of Titans and maybe into Tribe of Mentors. Uh, daily affirmations, I am. All right, second bullet, good at this four times before. So just reassuring myself that I can actually complete books because whether you realize it or not, I find writing extremely difficult and am panged with great concerns of insufficiency every time I try to write a book, if that makes anyone feel better. In the PM review, three amazing things that happened today. I also always try to include at least one thing that is small. Molly, that's my dog, healing while walking around a few different retail stores. Very basic. Molly used to have a tendency to pull on the leash, sometimes still does, and she healed really well. Great, that's bullet number one. Next bullet, uh, per Naval. So Naval Ravikant, who's a bit of an oracle, incredibly gifted and very smart investor, he predicted that crypto was gonna drop 30 to 40%, and lo and behold, it did drop 30 to 40%, and he called it exactly. Uh, number three, great late night call with a dear friend of mine. That's it, three amazing things that happened today. Boom, those are three. So I guess late night calls probably the night before. That's okay, sometimes I make catch up. And then uh, last but not least, how could I have made today better? So this was late June 2017. And it's good for me to see this because I need the reminder, even though I've been quite good at titrating back. Number one, don't use keto as an excuse to drink 15 liters of coffee. <laughs> Uh, that's the ketogenic diet. And if I'm using a low-calorie keto diet to transition into fasting, sometimes I compensate for that during the very awkward kind of gray transition period of keto flu to drink copious amounts of coffee, which always backfires and has negative side effects. So don't use keto as an excuse to drink 15 liters of coffee. I wasn't literally drinking 15 liters, if those on the internet are taking that literally. Next, drink less coffee, comma, use caffeine pills if needed. All right, so coffee is a really interesting substance and has effects on the ability to conceive, pregnancy, and so on. That seems to apply even if it's decaf, as an example. So this was a period when I was very, very tightly wound on high doses of caffeine. 
and wanted to make an effort to decrease my coffee consumption. And when you use the five-minute journal consistently, what I will do then is say every quarter go back and look for patterns. And two of the patterns that I noticed were, what could I do to make tomorrow better? The two most common answers were drink less coffee and wake up earlier. Those were the two. So I have made concerted effort with accountability to do both of those things. And that is the five-minute journal. So we have brainstorm, insight, note-taking, review, right, for answers, problem-solving, interesting goals, and so on. We've got the, the morning pages, which I can do here or in the morning pages workbook for reducing anxiety or worries, neuroses, whatever it might be. And then the five-minute journal, which is very helpful for both focus, keeping things simple, and appreciation. So you don't have to do all three of these every day. I certainly don't. I use them as needed. Uh, but when I do even one of these consistently, I see a dramatic difference in not just my quality of life, but focus and ability to execute consistently. So hopefully that helps at least one of you out there. And thanks for watching. All right. Thank you so much, everyone, for coming in here today and listening to that. I need to, uh, I am journaling when I can find my journal. <laughs> I got stacks of books here and there that everyone is important and to find. So I just figured I better keep a standard journal of gratitude right on my uh, desk and then have the other one of, of uh, future events. I like the one about journaling successful outcomes and imagining them uh, that are coming in the future. It doesn't have to be big events. It could be regular meetings, which I have uh, quite a bit of them. I run two or three meetings a week, and then I assist in two or three meetings a week, or maybe more than that. Uh, so if I write about them in a consistent basis, imagine one of the things I want to do is take myself, imagine myself uh, helpful, smiling, and at ease, at ease, because, you know, I get so many things in my plate, and to say the right things at the right times, you know, it's so important to have attitude and to not fly off the handle under the pressure, um, that's important for me. The other thing important to me is what this person was just uh, talking about now, he came on after the other one with the three ideas on uh, journaling, the first one was journal big events and meetings, uh, second, uh, I forgot what the second and third is, but uh, I have them written down somewhere. Uh, it'll come to me in a minute, but the point is that uh, it's important we journal and make a commitment. I like the second guy that talked about little things of gratitude, you know, like right now, as soon as I say gratitude, my toes start moving. And I have, you know, and, I t and then my fingers start moving. And I'm grateful I can move my toes and grateful I can move my, you know, my fingers. You know, just right away it starts to uh, let go of endorphins and um, and all that stuff. Okay, grateful for your fingers, grateful for your toes, grateful I'm going to bless 20 people today. I am grateful for my projects. I'm thankful for all the projects I have. And I'm thankful for the ideas that come uh, incredibly towards me. So, okay, that's enough. I'm starting to wonder. I'm, I'm wondering if I'm wondering. Let's go ahead and pray out. Uh, the Lord will bless our our projects. Heavenly Father, we give over to you, Lord. We surrender our lives to you on a minute by minute, daily to daily basis, Lord God. 
Lord, that your word, diligence, and would, would take heart in us. Lord, effectiveness and action in doing the, the works that you called us to do, Lord. Thank you, Lord God, for making us better and better every day in every way. In Jesus' name, I'm getting better, better, and better. Every day in every way, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, I'm getting stronger, stronger, and stronger. Younger, younger, and younger. Wiser, wiser, and wiser. In Jesus' name. Amen. I love you. God bless you. Give them heaven. I hope you enjoyed the rest of your day. Hijo mío, está atento a mi sabiduría y a mi inteligencia, inclina tu oído, para que guardes consejo y tus labios conservan la ciencia, porque los labios de la extraña destilan miel y su paladar es más blando que el aceite. Más su fin es embargo como el ajeno, ajeno. Agudo como cuchillo de los de sus filos. Ok, número cuatro quiere decir, por su final es amargo como el ana. Ajeno, agudo como es espada de filos. Ok, tengo que cambiar otra traducción porque esa uh, no me ayuda a mí. Yo necesito esta que me encanta. Esta que se llama Nueva Tradición en Lenguaje Actual. A ver cómo nos va ahí. Proverbios 5, versículo 4. En la idioma de hoy quiere decir que al fin de cuentas resultan más amargas que la hiel y más peligrosas que una espada. Ok, todavía está sobre mi entendido. Voy a tener que buscar darle a la otra, a ver cómo me va. Um, nueva tradición viviente, a ver cómo va esto. Pero al final ella resultará ser tan amarga como el veneno, tan peligrosa como una espada de dos filos. Ok, esta, esta traducción se llama nuevo, Nueva Tradición Viviente. Nueva tradición viviente. Ok. Y la otra es Reina Baladera. De la, la más antigua. Ok. Y ahí vienen los dos sonidos. Ok. Número 6 dice: Sus caminos son instables. No los conocerás si no consideras el camino de vida. Ahora pues, hijo, oíme, y no os apartéis de la razón de mi boca. Aleja de ella tu camino y no te acerques a la puerta de su casa. Porque no des a los extraños tu honor y a tus años al cruel. Ok, número nueve, quiere decir, si lo haces, perderás el honor y perderás todo lo que has logrado a manos de gente que no tienen compasión. Ok. No digas que nadie te dijo. Ok. 
Número 10, porque no se harten los extraños de tu fuerza y tus trabajos están en casa del extraño. Ok, este 10 es parte de ella. Dice, gente extraña consumirá tus riquezas y otros disfrutará del fruto de tu trabajo. Al final, número 11, que miras de angustia cuando la enfermedad consuma tu cuerpo. Dirás cuánto odié la disciplina. Sin tan solo no hubiera despreciado todas las advertencias. ¿Por qué no escuché a mis maestros? ¿Por qué no presté atención a mis instructores? He llegado al borde de la ruina y ahora mi vergüenza será conocida por todos. Eso fue 14. La porque, número 10 dice otra vez, ¿por qué no se harten los extraños de tu fuerza y tus trabajos estén en casa del extraño? Y guimas en tus postrimerías cuando se consumire tu carne y tu cuerpo. Y digas, ¿cómo aborrecí el consejo y mi corazón menospreció la represión? Y no oí la voz de los que me adoctrinaban y a los que me enseñaban. No incliné mi oído. Casi en todo mal he estado en medio de la sociedad y de la congregación. Uh, número 15. Bebe el agua de tu cisterna y a los raudales de tu pozo. Derrámense por de fuera tus fuentes en las plazas los ríos de aguas. Sean para ti solo y no para los extraños contigo. Sea bendito tu mandantial. Y alégrate con la mujer de tu moquedad. Como sierva amada y graciosa, corsa, sus pechos te satisfagen en todo tiempo. Y en su amor, recréate siempre. Ok, beautiful. 15 a 20. Ahora lo vamos a leer en el idioma de hoy. Empezando. Bebe agua de tu propio pozo. Comparte tu amor únicamente con tu esposa. ¿Para qué derramar por las calles de el agua de tus manantiales teniendo sexo con cualquiera? Deben reservarla solo para los dos. Jamás la comparten con desconocidos. Que tu esposa sea una fuente de bendición para ti. Alégrate con la esposa de tu juventud. Es una sierva amorosa, una gacela llena de gracia, con sus pechos se te satisfagan siempre, que siempre seas cautivo por su amor. Hijo mío, ¿por qué dejarte cultivar por una mujer inmoral o acariciar los pechos de una mujer promiscua? Pues el 21, pues el Señor ve con claridad lo que hace el hombre, examina cada senda que toma. Un hombre malvado queda preso por sus propios pecados. Son cuerdas que lo atrapan y no lo sueltan. Morirá por falta de control propio. Se perderá a causa su gran insensatez. Ok. 21. 20. ¿Y por qué, hijo mío? Esta es la antigua. Andarás ciego con la ajena y abrazarás al seno de la extraña, pues que los caminos del hombre están antes los ojos de Jehová y él considera todas sus veredas. 
prenderán al impio sus propias iniquidades y detenido será con las cuerdas de su pecado. El 23, él morirá por falta de corrección y errar por las grandezas de su locura. Uh, escuchan bien, amigos. No se juega con el pecado. Ok, Proverbios, aquí voy a acabar y ahorita regreso y vamos a leer el Proverbios 6. En esa forma que estamos haciendo, dos versiones. Ok, gracias. Proverbios 6, de la antigua Reina Baladera y el nuevo Transducción Viviente. Proverbios 6, primero voy a leer de la antigua y lo que es oscuro para mí lo voy a leer en, en la nueva traducción de hoy. Ahí vamos. Versículo 1. Hijo mío, si salieres fiador por tu amigo, si tocases tu mano por el extraño, enlazado eres con las palabras de tu boca. Enlazado. Y preso con las razones de tu boca. Oh, oh. Haz esto ahora, hijo mío. Y líbrate, ya que has caído en la mano de tu prójimo. Ve, humíate y asegúrate de tu amigo. No des sueño a tus ojos ni a tus párpados. Adormecimiento. Escápate como el corzo de la mano del cazador y como el ave de la mano del parencero. Ve a la hormiga, oh perezoso. Mira sus caminos y sabio, y sé sabio, la cual no teniendo capitán, ni gobernador, ni señor, prepara en el verano su comida y alega con tiempo de su ciega, su mantenimiento, de la ciega. Perezoso, ¿hasta cuándo has de dormir? ¿Cuándo te levantarás de tu sueño? Un poco de sueño, un poco de dormir y cruzar por un poco las manos para reposo, así vendrá tu necesidad como caminante y tu pobreza como hombre de escudo. <coughs> ok, de ahí vamos a leerla otra vez. Vamos, 11 versículos en nueva traducción. Dice, Hijo mío, si has salido fiador por la deuda de un amigo, o has aceptado garantizar la deuda de un extraño, si quedaste atrapado por el acuerdo que hiciste y estás enredado por tus palabras, sigue mi consejo y sálvate, pues te has puesto a merced de tu amigo. Ahora trágate tu orgullo, ve y suplica que tu amigo borre tu nombre. No postergues el asunto. Hazlo enseguida. No descanses hasta haberlo realizado. Sálvate como una gacela que escapa del cazador, como un pájaro que huye de la red. Tú, holgazán, holgazán, aprende una lección de las hormigas. Aprende lo que hacen y hasta sabio. Y hazte sabio, hazte sabio. A pesar de que no tienen príncipe, ni gobernador, ni líder que las haga trabajar, se esfuerzan todo el verano, juntando alimento para el invierno. Pero tú, 
Holgazán, ¿hasta cuándo seguirás durmiendo? ¿Cuándo despertarás? ¿Un rato más de sueño? ¿Una breve siesta? ¿Un pequeño descanso cruzando de brazos? Entonces la pobreza se te asaltará como un bandido. La escasez te atacará como un ladrón armado. Antigua versión, el hombre malo, número 12, el hombre malo, el hombre depravado, anda en percibidad de boca. Guiña de sus ojos, habla con sus pies, indica con sus dedos. Perversidades hay en su corazón, anda pensando mal en todo tiempo, enciende rencillas. Por tanto, su calamidad vendrá de repente, súbitamente será quebrantado y no habrá remedio. Seis cosas aborrece Jehová y un siete abomina a su alma. Ok, vamos a leer de ahí del, del 12 a 15 en la nueva traducción de hoy. Número 12. ¿Cómo son las personas despreciables y perversas? Nunca dejan de mentir. Demuestran su engaño al guiñar con los ojos, al dar golpes suaves con los pies o hacer gestos con los dedos. Sus corazones pervertidos traman el mal y andan siempre provocando problemas. Sin embargo, serán destruidos de repente, quebrantados en un instante y sin la menor esperanza de recuperarse. ¡Wow! Ok, antigua versión, versículo 16. Seis cosas aborrece Jehová y aún siete abomina su alma. Los ojos altivos, la lengua mentirosa, las manos derramadoras de sangre inocente, el corazón que maquina pensamientos iniquios, los pies presurosos para correr al mal, el testigo falso que habla mentiras, y el que enciende rencillas entre los hermanos. Guarda, hijo mío, el mandamiento de tu padre y no dejes la enseñanza de tu madre. Atalos siempre en tu corazón, enlázalos en tu cuello. Te guiarán cuando anduvieres, cuando dormieres, te guardarán, hablarán contigo cuando despartes, porque el mandamiento es antorcha y la enseñanza luz y camino de vida las represiones de la enseñanza. Para que te guarden de la mala mujer, de la blandura, de la lengua, de la extraña, no codices su hermosura en tu corazón, ni ella te prenda con sus ojos. Porque a causa de la mujer, ramera, es reducido el hombre a un bocado de pan, y la mujer caza la preciosa alma del varón. Tomará el hombre fuego en, en su seno, sin que sus vestidos se quemen? ¿Andará el hombre sobre la brasa sin que sus pies se abracen? Dígame. Así el que entraré a la mujer de su prójimo no será sin culpa cualquier que la tocaré. No tienen un poco, no tienen en poco al ladrón cuando hurtarle para saciar su alma teniendo hambre, empero tomando paga las Setenas de toda la sustancia de su casa, más el que comete adulterio con la mujer es falto de entendimiento, 
corrompe su alma, el que tal hace, plaga y vergüenza hallará, y su afrente nunca será raída. Pero los celos de, son el furor del hombre, y no perdona en el día de la venganza. No tendrá respeto a ninguna redención, ni quiera perdonará, aunque multiplique los dones. Uh. Ok, lo vamos a leer en la nueva versión. Ok, leímos mucho. Para que te guarden, ahí va. Guarda, hijo mío, el mandamiento de tu padre. Ok, va número 12, ¿verdad? Empezamos en 12. El hombre malo, el hombre depravado, anda en percibar de boca. Ok, ya leímos eso, ¿no? Guiña sus ojos bajo con sus pies, indica con sus dedos. Perversidades hay en su corazón, anda pensando mal en todo tiempo, enciende rencillas. Ok, vamos a leerlo otra vez. ¿Cómo son las personas despreciables y perversas? Nunca dejan de mentir, demuestran su engaño al guiñar con los ojos, a dar golpes suaves con los pies y a hacer gestos con los dedos. Ya leímos esto. Sus corazones pervertidos traman el mal y andan siempre provocando problemas, sin embargo, serán destruidos de repente, quebrantados en un instante y sin la menor esperanza recuperarse. recuperarse. 16. Ahí le va, ahí es donde paramos. Hay seis cosas que el Señor odia, no son siete las que detesta. Los ojos arrogantes, la lengua mentirosa, las manos que matan al inocente, el corazón que trama el mal, los pies que corren a hacer lo malo, el testigo falso que respira mentiras y el que siempre discordia en una familia. Hijo mío, obedece los mandatos de tu padre y no descuides la instrucción de tu madre. Guarda siempre sus palabras en tu corazón. Atalas, atalas alrededor de tu cuello. Cuando camines, su consejo te guiará. Cuando duermas, te protegerá. Cuando despiertes, te orientará. Pues su mandato es una lámpara y su instrucción es una luz. Su disciplina correctiva es el camino que lleva a la vida. Protegerán de la mujer inmoral, de la lengua suave, de la mujer promiscua. No codices su belleza, no dejes que sus miradas coquetas te saduzcan, pues una prostituta te llevará a la pobreza, pero dormir con la mujer de otro hombre te costará la vida. ¿Acaso puede un hombre echarse fuego sobre las piernas sin quemarse la ropa? ¿Podrá caminar sobre carbones encendidos sin apoyarse los pies? Así le sucederá al hombre que duerme con la esposa de otro hombre. El que la abraza no quedará sin castigo. Tal vez haya excusas para un ladrón que roba porque se muere de hambre. 
pero si lo atrapan, deberá pagar siete veces la cantidad que robó, aunque tenga que vender todo lo que hay en su casa. Pero el hombre que comete adulterio es un necio total porque se destruye a sí mismo, será herido y deshonrado, su vergüenza no se borrará jamás, pues el marido celoso de la mujer se enfurecerá y no tendrá misericordia cuando se cobra venganza, no aceptará ninguna clase de compasión, ni habrá suma de dinero que lo satisfaga. satisfaga. Ok, ya oyeron la palabra del Señor. Dios los bendiga. Bonitos 24 horas. Adiós. Proverbios 8. No clama la sabiduría y da su voz la inteligencia. En los altos cabezos, junto al camino, a las cruzadas de las veredas, se para en el lugar de las puertas, a la entrada de la ciudad, a la entrada de las puertas, da voces. Oh, hombres, a vosotros clamo, y mi voz es a los hijos de los hombres. Entender simples discreción y vosotros locos, entrar en cordura, oíd, porque hablaré cosas excelentes y abriré mis labios para cosas rectas, porque mi boca hablará verdad y la impiedad abomina mis labios. Número 8. En justicia son todas las razones de mi boca. No hay en ella cosas perversas ni torcida. Todas ellas son rectas al que entiende y razonables a los que han hallado sabiduría. Recibe mi enseñanza y no plata y ciencia antes que el oro escogido. Porque mejor es la sabiduría que las piedras preciosas y todas las cosas que se pueden desear no son de comparar con ella. Yo, la sabiduría, habito con la discreción y hallo la ciencia de los consejos. El temor de Jehová es aborrecer el mal, la soberbia y la arrogancia y el mal camino y la boca perversa aborrezco conmigo está el consejo y las y el ser yo soy la inteligencia mía es la fortaleza por mí reinan los reyes y los príncipes de tirman justicia por mí dominan los príncipes y todos los gobernadores juzgan la tierra yo amo a los que me aman y me hallan los que madrugando me buscan. Las riquezas y la honra están conmigo. Sólidas riquezas y justicia. Mejor es mi fruto que el oro. Y que el oro refinado. Y me redito mejor que la plata escogida. Por 
vereda de justicia aguiré por en medio de sendas de juicio para hacer heredar a mis amigos el ser y que yo hincha sus tesoros. Jehová me posesió en el principio de su camino, ya de antiguo, antes de sus obras. Eternamente tuve el principiado desde el principio, antes de la tierra. Antes de los abismos fui engendrada, antes que fuesen los puentes de las muchas aguas, antes que los montes fuesen fundados, antes de los colados era yo engendrada. No había un hecho la tierra, ni las campiñas, ni el principio del polvo del mundo. Cuando formaba los cielos, ahí estaba yo. Cuando señalaba por compas la sobrefaz del abismo, cuando afirmaba los cielos arriba, cuando afirmaba las fuentes del abismo, cuando ponía a la mar su estatuto y a las aguas que no pasen sus mandamientos, cuando establecía los fundamentos de la tierra, con él estaba yo ordenándolo todo, y fui su delicia todos los días, teniendo solaz delante de él en todo tiempo. Huélgome en la parte habitable de su tierra, y mis delicias son con los hijos de los hombres. Ahora pues, hijos, oíme, y bienaventurados los que guarden mis caminos. Atender el consejo y ser sabios, y no lo menosprecies. Bienaventurado el hombre que me oye, velando a mis puertas cada día guardando los umbrales de mis entradas, porque el que me hallará, hallará la vida y alcanzará el favor de Jehová. Mas el que peca contra mí, defrauda su alma. Todos los que me aborrecen, amen la muerte. a leer Proverbios 8, la traducción en lengua actual, <coughs> la traducción en lengua actual. La sabiduría está llamando, gritando está la experiencia, se para a la orilla del camino o la mitad de la calle. Proverbios 8, Versículo 3. Se para junto a los portones a la entrada de la ciudad y grita a voz en cuello. Gente de todo el mundo, a ustedes estoy llamando. Jovencitos ignorantes, muchachitos inexpertos. Piensen bien lo que hacen. Préstenme atención, pues voy a decirles algo importante. No me gusta la mentira ni tampoco la hipocresía. Siempre digo la verdad. La gente que sabe entender reconoce que mis palabras son justas y verdaderas. No busquen las riquezas, mejor busquen mis enseñanzas. 
y adquieren mis conocimientos, pues son más valiosos que el oro y la plata. Los más ricos tesoros no se comparan conmigo. Yo soy la sabiduría, a mi compañera es la experiencia, siempre pienso antes de actuar. Los que obedecen a Dios aborrecen la maldad y aborrezco a la gente que es orgullosa y presumida, que nunca dice la verdad ni vive como él es debido. Yo tengo en mi poder el consejo y el buen juicio, el valor y el entendimiento. Yo hago que actúen con justicia reyes, príncipes y gobernantes. Yo amo a los que me aman y me dejo encontrar por todos los que me buscan. Mis compañeras son la riqueza y el honor, la abundancia y la justicia. Lo que tengo para ofrecer vale más que el oro y la plata. Siempre actúo con justicia y lleno de riquezas a todos los que se me aman. Dios fue quien me creó, me formó desde el principio, desde antes de creer el mundo. Aún no había creado nada cuando me hizo nacer a mí. Nací cuando aún no había mares ni manantiales. Nací mucho antes de que Dios hiciera los cerros y las montañas, la tierra y sus paisajes. Yo vi cuando Dios puso el cielo azul sobre los mares, cuando puso las nubes en el cielo y el cerro las fuentes del gran mar, cuando les ordenó a las aguas no salirse de sus límites. Cuando Dios afirmó la tierra, yo estaba allí, a su lado, como su consejera. Mi dicha de todos los días era siempre gozar de su presencia. El mundo, el mundo creado por Dios, me llenaba de alegría. La humanidad creada por Dios me llenaba de felicidad. Querido jovencito, escúchame bien. Dios te bendicirá si sigues mis consejos. Acepta mis enseñanzas. No las rechaces. Piensa con la cabeza. Si todos los días vienes a mi casa y escuchas mis enseñanzas, Dios te bendicirá. Si todos los días vienes a mi casa y escuchas mis enseñanzas, Dios te bendecirá. Los que me encuentran, encuentran también la vida y reciben bendiciones de Dios. Pero los que me ofenden ponen su vida en peligro. Odiarme es amar la muerte.
aquí es otra, otra versión. Esta se llama el Nuevo Testamento, versión Biblia libre. Proverbios 8 dice aquí, la sabiduría está llamando, gritando está la experiencia. Separa a la orilla del camino o a la mitad de la calle para que todos puedan verla. La sabiduría se para junto a los portones a la entrada de la ciudad y grita a voz en alto. Gente de todo el mundo, a ustedes estoy llamando. Jovencitos ignorantes, muchachitos inexpertos, piensen bien lo que hacen. Préstenme atención, pues voy a decirle algo importante. No me gusta la mentira ni tampoco la hipocresia. Siempre digo la verdad. La gente que sabe entender reconoce mis palabras. Son justas y verdaderas. No busquen las riquezas, mejor busquen mis enseñanzas y adquieran mis conocimientos. Pues son más valiosos que el oro y la plata. Los más ricos tesoros no se comparan conmigo. Yo soy la sabiduría, y a mi compañera es la experiencia. Siempre pienso antes de actuar. Los que obedecen a Dios, aborrecen la maldad. Yo aborrezco a la gente que es orgullosa y presumida, que nunca dice la verdad, ni vive como es debido. Yo tengo en mi poder el consejo y el buen juicio, el valor y el entendimiento. Yo hago que actúen con justicia reyes, príncipes y gobernantes. Yo amo a los que me aman y me dejo encontrar por todos los que me buscan. Mis compañeras son la riqueza, el honor, la abundancia y la justicia. Lo que tengo para ofrecer vale más que el oro y la plata. Siempre actúo con justicia y lleno de riquezas a todos los que me aman. Dios fue quien me creó, me formó desde el principio. Desde antes de crear el mundo, aún no había creado nada cuando me hizo nacer a mí. Nací cuando aún no había mares ni manantiales. Nací mucho antes de que Dios hiciera los cerros y las montañas, la tierra y sus paisajes. Yo vi cuando Dios puso el cielo azul sobre los mares, cuando puso las nubes en el cielo y cerró las fuentes del gran mar, cuando les ordenó a las aguas no saliese de sus límites. Cuando Dios afirmó la tierra, yo estaba ahí, a su lado, como su consejera. Mi dicho de todos los días era siempre gozar de su presencia. Mi dicha de todos los días era siempre gozar de su presencia. El mundo creado por Dios me llenaba de alegría. La humanidad creada por Dios me llenaba de felicidad. Querido jovencito, escúchame bien. Dios te bendecirá si sigues mis consejos. Acepta mis enseñanzas. No las rechaces. Piensa con la cabeza. Si todos los días viene a mi casa, 
escuchas mis enseñanzas, Dios te bendicerá. Si todos los días vienes a mi casa y escuchas mis enseñanzas, Dios te bendicerá. Los que me encuentran, encuentran también la vida y reciben bendiciones de Dios. Pero los que me ofenden, ponen a su vida en peligro. Odiarme es amar la muerte. Dios los bendigo. Dios los bendiga. Buenas 24 horas hoy. Den gracias. Amén. family. We got today's reading coming to you live from Southern Cal, Fernando, alcoholic. Let's go ahead and open this meeting with a moment of silence followed by the serenity prayer, please. God, grant me the serenity to accept the things I cannot change, the courage to change the things I can, and the wisdom to know the difference. Welcome to the 12-step podcast that we're here for recovery all the way live. Remember what Maimonides said, anyone who follows the middle course is called a sage. That's the old saying from the old time. Today we call it think, think, think. So this is an ancient name of some philosopher called Maimonides. Anyone who follows a middle course is called a sage. And sage is, is, a, is a wisdom. Much of the wisdom of our program is about how to live in the middle. We learn how to pause and think before we act. We ask, what is the best way to handle this? We look for the smooth part of the road. Our actions tell us who we are. We listen to our actions and we think about them. This listening and thinking takes time. This slows us down. It's, it's good for us. It gives us time to talk with our higher power. After all, we want our actions to come from the new values our higher power has given us. Thus, over time, we act and feel wiser. The wisdom of the program becomes part of who we are. Prayer for the day. I pray that I don't, for, I don't get caught up in the rush of the day. Higher power, God, teach me to stop thinking and to think and to seek your wisdom. And today, I'll set aside some time to think, meditate, and be alone. I will listen to what's inside of me. Amen. One of the things we do is a lot of meditation, maybe a little too much for my part. How about you? One of the ways to meditate and stop, listen, and look is say, I thank you, God, for where I'm at. I thank you, God, for what's going on around me. It certainly does give you a 360 quick view of who, of what's happening. In other words, we we opened up to travel in the middle of the road. It means to uh, open up to the uh, to the spiritual side and be in the physical side at the same time. Be in the spiritual side and be in the in the natural side, in the reality side. I believe if we keep thanking God for the uh, for the way it's supposed to be in heaven, eventually it will move over to 
here it will move over to the heaven side and that's basically what's been happening in my recovery walk surrender thank god for the situation and then the situation seems to clear up IRS, bills, district attorney, cases, going to the court, being in front of the judge, just thanking God, and all of a sudden everything melts my favorable way. Okay, 24-hour little book says, I noticed that the ones who do the most for AA are not in the habit of boasting about it. The danger of building myself up too much is that if I do, I'm in danger of having a fall. That pattern of thought goes with drinking. If one side of a boat gets too far out of the water, it's liable to tip over. Building myself up and drinking go together. One leads to the other. So I am going to stay sober. I got to keep small. Have I got the right perspective of myself? Meditation for the day. The way sometimes seems long and weary. So many people today are weary. The weariness of others must often be shared by me. The weary and the heavy laden, when they come to me, should be helped to find the rest that I have found. There is only one sure cure for world weariness, and that is turning to spiritual things in order to help bring about the turning of weary world to God. I must dare to suffer, dare to conquer selfishness in myself, and dare to be filled with spiritual peace in the face of all the weariness in the world. Prayer for the day. Father God, I pray that I may be a help to discourage people today. I pray that I may have the courage to help bring about what the weary world needs but don't know how to get it. You know, uh, being down in the mouth, being negative, being pessimistic, critical, and uh, fault-finding, it works for a while, man, but you know, you can sense it in our spirit that we were made to hold gratitude. God has made us so we can be walk around grateful. I'm grateful. I'm grateful for this. I'm grateful for the part. When we get too many situations that belong on His side, that belong on God, and here, here we're trying to uh, fix them, why is it that surrender works so well? Why is it that millions of people have reported, man, I just let go and let God in and it took off from there. I always, I know this family that wanted a house for their kids and they just let go, but it took a sickness that almost death, it couldn't get out of the bed. It says, okay, God, if you want me to get out of this bed, fine, I'll just give it over to you, I'll let it go. And then, you know, I need, I need to care for my kids. Boom, power of God came in, the wisdom of the ages came in. And they have a house. How do I know about that family? We sold them the house. We sold them the house. They had a bunch of kids, and I saw the work of God working behind on the people. I love you. God bless you. Let's go ahead and see what uh, our sponsor is doing. Sponsor Solomon. 
There's so much good material here. It just boggles the imagination. So, uh, you know, uh, we dedicate this session today. Happy Friday, by the way. God bless you. No one's told you they love you. I love you. Thank you for coming in today's podcast. Thank you for being uh, vigilant, diligent, efficient, effective, and working on your program. Thank you for taking the brunt of being a leader and having uh, doing things and being active and just getting things done. Up at Adam and early at it. And go, go, go. You have a day of rest. Okay. Our, our Solomon says for today, I love the, pro- the Psalms. I love the Proverbs. It just makes and the Bible thing, on, it's down on the computer, the Bible thing. You version. But let me read you this. The path of the righteous is like the light of dawn, which shines brighter and brighter until the full day. Proverbs 4.18. In other words, our path gets brighter and easier as we move along. And one of the things that will work for you if you tend to be in a loop, looping problems all the time, start thanking God for the, uh, it's going to sound strange, guys, start thanking God for the, uh, the shame. Yep, you heard it right. Thank God for the shame in looping problems. It could be some self-pity, and, and that's why we keep looping the problems over and over again. So let's say, for instance, if you... Um, you got a project and uh, the project is causing me to feel sorry for myself because I have so many things to do and so I'll I'll keep the project there so I want to short circuit I say thank you God for the shame that I'm getting from that project thank you God for the shame that the way I'm looking at that project thank you God for the shame that I keep in curing and putting fire on it. You'd be, you'd be surprised how um, how that shame, <clears throat> that project will fall apart and you'll get it done. You'll start seeing things all the way around you, how easy it is to fix the projects. Okay, that may work for you. It's working for me. Thank you, God, for the shame. I got this uh, wood project I got to finish and it's, it's in the way. It's in the middle of the uh, of my uh, my patio. Anyway, I love you. God bless you. We're gonna get through this, and we're we're gonna find the right keys to make an effective life. Our next uh, script scripture is John one five from the Amplified Bible. It says, "The light shines on the on the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it." Put it out or absorb it or appropriate it. Amen. In Ephesians 3, 16, 17, I pray that out of His glorious riches, He may strengthen you with power through His Spirit, your inner being, so that Christ may dwell in your eyes through faith. And Christ is wisdom and Christ is, is strength. Christ is gratitude. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you and empower you through his spirit, your inner being, 
so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, shine like a light with a smile. Colossians 1.27, God has chosen to make known among the Gentiles the glorious riches of his mystery, which is in Christ Jesus, in you, the hope of glory. Colossians 1.27. In other words, I'm a sinner. I'm in the midst of sinners in East L.A. God gets a hold of my life. Christ comes in in me through Alcoholic Anonymous, through getting cleaned up and awareness, and I receive it like... I get possessed by Christ Jesus. You ever get possessed by a devil and want to uh, drink until you die? This is the other side of the coin. You get possessed by a good spirit and you want to live forever till you live. You want to. God has chosen us to make known among the people around us His glorious riches of His mystery, which is the miracle of getting saved. Christ in us, which is the miracle of our actions, our smile, our attitude, our willingness to be uh, optimistic. This is Jesus today, and it says, I am Christ in you, the hope of glory, the Messiah, the Savior of the world, lives in you. This promise is for all who have faith in me. I dwell in your hearts through faith. This amazing blessing is a work of my spirit in your inner being. The more you trust me, the more you can enjoy my indwelling presence, and the more effectively I can live through you. In a world that may seem increasingly hopeless, remember that I am the hope of glory. This hope is ultimately about heaven, where you will live with me forever. But the light of heaven's glory is so brilliant that some of its rays can reach you even in the present. No matter how dark your circumstance may appear, I am the light that shines in the darkness, for the darkness has never overpowered it. As you follow me along your life path, clothed in my righteousness, this light shines brighter and brighter until the full day. That's a productive saying for us people. Thank you, God, for the shame in those projects. Thank you, God, for the shame that I I love to keep alive. Come on now. Let's do this again. Say, I am in Christ, the hope of glory. I am in the Savior of the world that lives in me. I am the promise with a capital P. I have the presence of Christ in me, and I am a spiritual in Jesus' name. May the Lord bless you and keep you, make his face shine upon you, be gracious unto you, smile on you, and give you his peace in Jesus' name. Go in the, in the presence of the Lord. Amen.